Well, for all of you concerned about defense, we do have a new defender coming. Rodriguez has officially landed in San Jose. I don't know if that means he's clear for the Vancouver game this upcoming Sunday, but I would believe that means he's at least training and being presses. Wouldn't be shocked if they just slot him in, but also wouldn't be shocked if don't want to change too many things up, especially with it just being an interim coach to finish the year, so they'll just see how that plays out and put him on the bench. I don't really want to give us excuses. I think it was just poor play all around, kind of something I predicted and expected, but obviously we don't play well in the heat. That's something that was apparent. But if you want to know more about game-specific highlights, you can check out The Aftershock on this YouTube channel at Aftershocks San Jose or Instagram or TikTok. Some TikToks, they keep taking down my TikToks, at Aftershock SJ. But let's move on to... Uh, I don't really want to give any excuses for our play, I, and what I'm about to say I don't think really was defining in the end results, as I felt it went both ways, but this is just something that's been bugging. The refing standard in the league is poor. It's so inconsistent. Just some of the calls don't make sense. Last game, it was I, I couldn't tell what was the okay and what was the non-okay. It didn't seem like he was favoring either side, so I guess that was good, but it was just poor overall. And then especially in the MLS Next Pro games, I've seen it as well. It's just been very frustrating, not even just towards us. I'm not just saying all the calls have been bad towards us. I'm saying there have been times where I'm, I have literally sent texts and I've been like, yo, if that call went against us, I'd be livid. I can't believe we just got that. It kind of brings me to my next point. The league is so soft. Just I watch some of these fouls and it's shoulder to shoulder. You're going in and it's, they're calling fouls and they're giving out yellows for things that aren't that egregious. And it's just so, so frustrating and inconsistent. It's like we're playing a contact sport. Let's try and have some contact. But more on to us, this game, uh, just no connectedness. I don't feel like we were connected. Just some good examples I saw. There was one time where all the forwards were stepping. I saw Montero doing an extra high press. And then they were able to split the two forwards. And they were able to, I think it was J-Bo and I think it was on Benji's side. And then goes in between and Montero was screaming. I don't know if it was a Yule or Grey Goosh. But just to step with them, because they had been like multiple times of just being able to split and have that extra guy. We weren't stepping together. You we were just kind of going around. And then with LA, it's something that we hadn't done all year. It was, we weren't giving them time on the ball, especially in the midfield. We were really attacking. But then if it was on the box route, why we wouldn't give them room to cross? We were pushing, pushing, pushing. Didn't see that in this game, kind of jogging around, moving. I'm kind of in my spot. I'm kind of not. And that's really what killed us. I feel like that gave them so many opportunities and they weren't capitalizing on their opportunities. And then to the goal, like, yes, it was on Tommy's side. And of course, he's my favorite player, so no one's going to believe what I'm saying here. But I just, I just hear out what I'm saying. If you rewatch the goal, he gets churned. Yes, that's bad. He tries to get back. He slips. He's out of the play as far as I'm concerned. Then, out of the next center backs, and again, I'm not saying it's not his fault. I'm not saying it's this next person's fault. I'm just saying, let's look at this tactically from my eyes. This is what I saw. I saw Agarin and I saw Beeson, and this is again where the whole like cohesiveness wasn't there for me. Agarin then tucks in, there's a guy who starts running towards Beeson. He starts to tuck into him because he was already guarding him, which is kind of smart. But in my opinion, at that point, especially if you see your right back is out of that point, yes, I want the defense collapsed in. You shouldn't follow him all the way. At that point, you're pushing him off to Tanner Beeson saying, I got to cover my area. He's yours now. And then that whole area where Tommy is now no longer there has been exposed. And it's, again, Tommy should be there. He shouldn't have got turned, blah, 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 blah. Other things should have happened as well, so I shouldn't have got to Tommy. Look, whatever. But now that space is open. He shifts over, gives him time, slides. Palmeri comes in, and then from that point, you could argue maybe Tommy could have got back quicker. But it's just so unlucky at that point that 
Palmerie slides and he goes right back to them. So at that point, it was unlucky. But that's the one thing I would have changed. Maybe the center backs being able to pass it off to each other, saying, I got him, I got him, you step, you step. Organizing the line, especially, I would want more of that from Tanner Beeson, someone who's been a captain in a high level of Stanford soccer program. Or even professional players together, they should all be able to do that. Oscar Agron was a national champ. It's little things like that that frustrate me. And then they were just so lazy with their passes. They were just, I like that we were high pressing, but it was just, they were passing across the line, they were chipping it, but then only one or two times did I see a step. I saw Tommy do it one time, I saw Espinosa do it, and Benji do it one time, and then Espinosa did it a second time. He won the ball on top of, in the box actually, in the center, didn't get a good shot off, we weren't able to capitalize. Then we weren't pressing as much, and then they weren't doing as many silly passes. And that's frustrating because we weren't capitalizing on our chances. They weren't either, but we had a good number of chances we didn't capitalize. But you know what? Let's move on to the positive. It's tough in a game where I feel like both teams played poor. I don't feel like it was a great showing from either team. But if I had to give some positives, Greg Gushu, I didn't necessarily thought had an outstanding game, but I didn't think he had a poor game either. I like that he tried to play through the middle. I at least like the attempts. There were times where the passes were just turnovers like a lot of the time, but I can at least appreciate not doing the same old, same old, or just trying to swing it across or playing it back. So I can appreciate that. JT had another good game per usual. Just great to see him. Actually, I don't want to say it's great to see him doing a lot, because I guess in a good game, you don't really ever see your keeper, right? Good to see Nico Jakaris get out there, and I like that he was moving. I like that he was pressing, especially at 17 years old. Really trying to get out there, prove himself, and then trying to bring life to the team at such a young age. Um, obviously, it didn't last long, because whether it be the Heat or the rest of the team, but good to see that from him. Good to see Jack Skane get in. I would like to see Jack in the midfield more. I don't think he's really a right back, but good to see that he's able to slot into that position. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's more of a right back than a center mid, but that's just my opinion. And then Jaybo, he's got to get my last one. A lot of people are mad that he didn't get that Cade Cal ball, which also that's another positive great ball by Cade, great move. Jaybo's been playing on an injury for a long time. I wouldn't be shocked if we didn't see him next to him. I'm shocked he hasn't rested. I think it was the I could be completely wrong. It was either before the LA game or after it, like back in July. Like it probably was even before, because I've known this for a while. Jabo was limping out after the game, and I'm just asking him how he's doing, and he's like, my legs are not great, not great. And I just figured it was whatever. And like after every game, you kind of see him limping, but you see muscle players limping. You figure it's tiredness, but even after last game, he said, yeah, my legs are hurting, and I, I'm like injury, postseason, and he said postseason, but I don't really know. I'm, and then even after the 80th minute, 86th minute, he jumped and then like after he jumped, he like grabbed his like groin, inner thigh, just like it looked like it was hurting. The man is playing on an injury and he's battling through it. So I'm not shocked he's not getting these balls. I don't think he's gonna be as fast as he possibly can. So good job to Jabo for just sticking it out and obviously putting a lot in the back of the net, even with these injuries. But let's move to my unsung moment of the game. This has to go to Cade Cal's ball. He does a great flick around, uses his pace to get around, plays a great ball to Jabo and MLS that wasn't even on the highlight reel. Didn't really see it talked about a lot. It's a great move, great ball, good job by Kate Cal. And then my unsung player of the match, it was kind of hard because I don't really think there was anything outstanding from anyone, but I had to give it to Nico Chikaris. Again, young kid coming in in a not great situation, and I don't want to say he led the team for a little bit, but he was really moving, trying to push the pace, tried doing it for a little bit, and that's great, especially when you're young, you feed off other people's energy. So to try and be the guy that's feeding energy to other people, that was great for me. Uh, we didn't have any fan questions this week, so I guess all of you that are concerned about the earthquakes, as Kansas have just jumped above us, and then it looks like Houston might, especially with the game schedules left. Uh, concerns for the wooden spoon. If you don't know what the wooden spoon is, it's, the, it's a literal wooden spoon that is awarded to the team with the lowest amount of points at the end of the year. Thankfully, I think DC is 
they're quite a bit of points below us and they're facing a lot of Eastern Conference teams, which may be worse. However, I believe it's like fourth, I could be getting this wrong, but it's in the ballpark. It's like fourth through like 10 or 11 in the Eastern Conference are separated by six points with seven or eight games remaining. So that's gonna be a dog fight to the end of the season because obviously they're all gonna want playoffs and East has been switching all year. So DC are gonna be looked at the team as like, we have to get three points. So I don't, I think we're gonna just barely beat them, but we'll find out. Time to move on to Vancouver and hopefully turn it around.